Well, welcome to this episode of Truly Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I'm Declan, and I think all the guests here should introduce themselves in uh, first name alphabetical order. Uh, I think I'm next. Yeah, that'd be you. Beautiful. Fantastic. Uh, it's your boy, Hayden. Um, shout out to all my tomatoids out there and um, uh, <laughs> tomatoites. Uh, yeah, just, just here kicking it old school. I think that probably covers me off. What do you reckon? When I hear that phrase, I think of you. And when I think of you, I think of that phrase. Who's next? That's that's me. Uh, hey, what's up? It's Mitch. Uh, what, shout out to my salsa. Um, I'm pretty sure at the beginning, Declan introduced us as guests. So apparently Declan is the host yeah. now. I guess... So, I'm I guess hosting this one today. I guess that's the way we're doing it in isolation. I guess I guess uh, it's a coup. And I'm Morgan. Uh, shout out to all my saucy salamanders out there. You know who you are. They do. Uh, we we've got another guest who who's right at the end of the alphabet on this this um actually sorry, we've got a guest. This is the first guest. Everyone else is, is hosts. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, yeah, sure. So, um, my name is, uh, oh, God, I don't know how to introduce myself as a guest. Um, he's from Arnie Donna, which is a sketch group that you may know if you're between the ages of 16 and 35 and 80% male. He's, um, he does, uh, sketches. He loves movies and um, these boys reached out to Arnie Donner on Twitter and he jumped, chomped at the bit because he liked the idea and he's got nothing else to do at the moment. He's usually got a beard. He doesn't right now. And that's why he didn't let them film this podcast. It's Zach Ruane. Thanks yeah. for coming, Zach. Thank you. Now, we let you, as the guest, pick the movie we were going to watch today. Yeah. And what did you pick? So, I picked... Um, I went through the list. I talked at length with some good friends of mine. Um, there, there were some great ones already taken. I was very sad to see Look Who's Talking to um, Unavailable. Um, so, uh, it, it went back and forth. There was a lot of votes. My friends... The vote pretty overwhelmingly went to, to Gotti with my, my friends. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Good reason. And I, there was this strange moment and sometimes you need to ask someone's opinion to know what's in your own heart because Gotti won overwhelmingly and I, <laughs> I looked at those results. We did it on a little Facebook chat and I knew in my heart that it wasn't the movie for me. Uh, <laughs> so um, I chose... Uh, ballistic X versus Sever. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a film I I've never seen, but as someone who read Empire magazine at the time, I remember when it came out. I remember when it was coming out, and I have just been fascinated by that title for for nearly twenty yes. years now. My God, I, I feel like we can just talk about the title for the first for the whole podcast. <laughs> Let's start there because that was obviously the first thing that grabs you about this movie. Is the title? Is it a sequel? Is it part of a larger franchise? Is it a, is it a standalone film? What do you, what do you make of this title to begin with? Ah, uh, it, isn't it incredible? I I I make YouTube videos for my job, and uh, once I went to YouTube school, and they taught us how to make titles. And the biggest thing they said: this is to people with ten thousand followers or more. So very small channels, not like movie studios. And they said. Titles are not about what's in the film. They're about communicating what the film is to an outside audience. 
That's the core notion of what a title is. Right. And this movie, ballistic. It's ballistic. That's good. Um, <laughs> it is ballistic. I'm it's good. Definitely ballistic. I'm, I'm good with already. the notion. I, I hear ballistic. I go. You know what? I'm, I can handle ballistic. This sounds like a good movie. But it's like someone sent an email from somewhere. Some producer. I reckon they were going to call it ballistic. And someone said, "How are they going to know that X is in it?" And and. <laughs> And how are they going to know that Sefer is in it? And how are they going to know they're versing each other? <laughs> and I don't even know that that's a true representation of what happens. I mean, yeah. there is a little bit of versing going on. However, uh, as we'll discover as we go through this film... It's really X and Sever versus Gant, is it not? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, would yeah. be a better yeah. title. And I don't think I don't think it is an exaggeration to say we could discuss the title for a great deal longer than we have already. Like there, there's a certain beauty in the way that those words roll off the tongue, and when you look at them all together, they sort of have a snake-like quality to them. <laughs> X yeah. sever ballistic. I don't know. There's something about those sounds. Never has a title been so dryly informative and given you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is both terrible. In the fact that it's purely function with no no functionality. It, it is... I think there's other films on that list that... I don't think it was that bad of a film. Again, we'll get into it. It's not a good film. It's a very, very <laughs> not good film. That, but there are worse films. There are films that are bad. And this film yeah. is... is um, Bad, actually. I'm, I'm, yeah. over, I'm, I'm selling. I'm overselling it. There, there, are films... there are there are worse films out there, and we've seen them and reviewed yeah. them on this podcast. Yeah. I, yeah. I think there's worse films. I do not think there's a worse title out there than <laughs> Ballistic. There was a review I was reading. I did a little bit of research on the film because I've got to be honest with you. I lost track and interest in the plot. Oh, we about all did. Ten minutes I think in, we all did. <laughs> So yeah. I thought at the very least I should read the Wikipedia. And my favorite quote on the Wikipedia was a review from, um, it was put on the list of top 10 worst movies by, uh, oh, what's his name? You know, the one that does all the reviews. Ebert? Roger, Roger Ebert. Ebert. And he said, David and Margaret. David and Margaret. Um, <laughs> and Ebert, and he said, I love this quote. He said, um, uh, there's nothing about the title Ballistic X versus Sever that couldn't mm. be fixed by just calling it Ballistic. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, oh man. I had the same thought. And when you, when you suggested it, um, I hadn't really like taken note of it on the list. So I clicked on it. And obviously my first th- thought is what is X and what is Sever? Um, and I, I need to know this for it to make any sense. But the other thing that really caught my eye was that on the wiki it says, with a total of 118 reviews, the most for a film with a 0% approval rating, uh, that makes it the worst reviewed film in the history of Rotten Tomatoes. So you really picked a winner. Oh man, I was... <laughs> I was... The, I, I, it's, what a film. What a, what a, what a beautiful film. What? How did they come up with? And the other thing I love about it as well is again on the research because I think I'm more fascinated by the idea that people gave years of their life to oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's another thing in it where they they described it as bad boys meets the professionals. <laughs> and it, I, can't, I can't think of two movies 
that it's the least like, like less like. Just like here's two good movies, and here's a bad movie that has nothing to do with those two good movies. What a terrible. Two rights film. don't make a right. Yeah. <laughs> the other key point to this one is not only is it obviously a terrible film, but it somehow spawned a good Game Boy Advanced game. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like a well-rated 9 out of 10 on IGN, had a sequel. People actually liked the yeah, Game Boy sick. Advance game. <laughs> That's good news. It's a good game. I played it for a couple minutes before we started recording this, and um, it was well worth it because I think my microphone sounds sounds fine. Um, but no, it, it is a good game. It's like Doom-esque and quite surprisingly good graphics for... Uh, Game Boy Advance. Right. Should we just talk about that instead of the movie? <laughs> we we could. None of us have played it though, Morgan. Just you. That's all right. You guys can give your you, opinions why don't, on Why don't you just play it and we'll watch? You can do all the hard bits. You check in with me in like twenty minutes. I'll let let's you know jump what into I'm doing the in actual minutes. film here for a sec. So, I would describe this as just like for a sec, kind and then of we can a, go back to the game. Yeah, like kind of like yeah, a please. classic '90s action movie, right? Like it's it's got an almost music video style. It reminded me a lot. Immediately, those shots of the skylines and the font and the like heavy distorted guitar. It feels like Con Air or like I thought Charlie's Angels you know, as well. Van Damme's gonna show I'm up. I'm very, any very sorry. I'm very sorry to say, but this is extremely my shit. <laughs> <laughs> huge Hackers fan, huge okay. Matrix fan. This was up the same alley, and I just gotta say thank you, Zach, for bringing <laughs> us something that I'm able. I'm able to rate this probably up there with Staying Alive. I, I don't want to bury the lead, but. This is one of the best movies I've watched on our list so far. Yeah. I loved it. And the music kicked in and it was fucking like break beats and it was and it was like like you say skylines and rushing over fucking water and D- didn't it feel like are any of you guys film were any of you guys film students yeah. or yeah. anything? I-, I wasn't but I know a lot of film students. Yeah. Didn't it feel like well, Hang on, didn't um, you say you went to that- YouTube school? <laughs> Uh, for two days, oh. uh, they gave us free wraps. <laughs> um, but didn't it? Didn't it feel like, um, like, like the you know that one guy in film school? Yeah. Everyone else is making these arty movies about living in the suburbs, and and there was that one guy that like just didn't realize that guns weren't yeah. a thing in Australia, yeah. <laughs> and would just make his little action movie and um and it was really really good for a second year project (laughs) that just this whole film has that tone yeah like it's like like just these choices that you could see were really cool in I'm I'm gonna say the director's name, but I'm not gonna let that derail it too much. You could see that in Chaos's head, the director Chaos, in his head, he was like, "This is gonna be fucking sick," and on set, and then like the the art department or or the VFX people came and they they explained it in pre-production. He was like, "Yep, that's great," and then on set they did it, and he's standing there looking at the monitor, going. I, I just thought it would be a bit more... <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> and then just the desperate trying to save in the edit. Like, that's that's this whole film. It's just, like, slightly disappointing practical effects and choreography. Yeah. And then... I was I was so interested. In, so I always watch the credits of these, and, I, you know, I'm looking for any names that I recognise. And obviously it comes up and it's, like, produced by and directed by just chaos with a K. Yeah. And I'm like, who is this guy? I've never heard of him. Single name, no last name. 
Um, I had to I had to look him up on Wikipedia. He's only made a couple of films, and the one he made before this was the most expensive Taiwanese film of like all time. So I oh. feel like I feel like he he's like big action director guy, but I mean his control of story is maybe where this film was lacking because the plot is incredibly convoluted and mm. I would almost say impossible to follow. Like I had to read the wiki I summary afterwards. This thing like a motherfucker. <laughs> I I'm I'm gonna be the outlier again. Love it. <laughs> it was simple. It was good. It was fun. It was um, I didn't think it was that confusing. But you know, again, I'm I'm a very intelligent kind of guy, so yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but well, let, let's try and sum up briefly what the story is, and then go in uh, in horrendous, sure. painful detail into some of our favourite moments <laughs> of this movie. But um, I don't know. Can we do it sentence by so, sentence? Do you think we can sum up well, yeah. what's what's going on in this thing? Absolutely. Right. Good luck, guys. Do you want to kick us off, Mitch? Are we going? Are we going alphabetically? <laughs> All the characters had the weirdest names, and that that made it really hard to follow. Like, there's Vin and Gant and X and Sever, and I think there was like another name. Yeah, one character names. had two names at one point, and they had like a secret name. They're all these four letter like okay, all right, nineties action stop, movie stop names. Making, stop making excuses. All right, all right. <laughs> plane lands in Vancouver. Kid comes off plane and gets delivered to his mother. And the mother takes her the kid back to her house. Yet, is that is that a full sentence? That's, <laughs> that's yeah, then no, that's a sentence. Then that's the kid gets taken sentence. away. Stolen. Who wants to pick up stolen kid, back yeah. by the father? Stolen boy by someone. That's, that's, that's seemingly... my bit. Oh yes, no. First, it's stolen by the father. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it it happened so quickly. Um. <laughs> yeah, and then and then someone walks in. Some a mysterious figure. Wearing a Matrix jacket with a hood, yeah, walks mm. in into the smoke and, and in the smoke and 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 despite um th- this guy's best men standing there with machine guns <laughs> going at her, she uses very mediocre, under rehearsed <laughs> yep. fight choreography to take them all down, <laughs> and she steals the boy. Mm-hmm. What I love about her choreography is um, she sort of performs it all in a lackadaisical motion. Like, she doesn't even care. She's just, she's just hitting them and just knocking them away. She does not change her facial expression at all through the whole movie. No, no. She's, um, I, um, no. I, so where I, what I did is I studied drama. I studied acting, not, not film. And sometimes in um, acting school, they wouldn't get fight choreographers in. They would just send the two actors in the scene off to say go and make us a 20 minute fight sequence and we'd just like make it and then bring it to the table and then maybe the director would clean it up a little bit never have i in a in a in a uh, properly budgeted um legitimate film seen that vibe of choreography yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like like i feel like lucy Liu and antonio banderas got together on the sunday before they shot on the tu- monday tuesday and worked out their choreography and like <laughs> in his living room while his wife was yeah. very quiet in the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> and you're right it's it's apparent immediately that the budget of this film is like it's a big budget this is probably film. the highest and budget those, of those... any of the films on this list oh huge yeah. i would say it looked quite nice <laughs> yeah, yeah. This... it was it was to have the ability and i reckon the time to get the shots to make 
the choreography look good and to just choose to shoot it on a wide. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a movie like I was always expecting the plot to be terrible, but the action to be okay. But I, the action was, <laughs> oh yeah, they 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 seem to think they could cover up any bad action sequence by just chucking like a Crystal Method or any other big beat song over the top of it for two and a half minutes, and we wouldn't notice. And <laughs> yeah, I mean it worked. It worked for me. Bit, I enjoyed yeah. it. I enjoyed those parts. There was basically yeah, two types same. of music in this movie. There was like kind of funky 90s action style that had this discordant (laughs) female just like wavering vocals in the background. And then there was like industrial kind of matrixy like Linkin Park instrumental style. And can I interject quickly? I loved the music across the whole the whole of this. I was about to say record. It's not a record. It's a film. (laughs) Um, It's a tomato actually. uh, And it was worked on by it was worked on by Don Davis who worked on all three Matrix movies. But really? perhaps more importantly uh, to listeners of this podcast, he also worked on Police Academy 4, Citizens <laughs> oh! on Patrol. <laughs> so, a repeat offender. <laughs> I, um, I was a huge fan of the wailing female voice, that kind of vaguely um, bordering on racist Middle Eastern <laughs> yes. style. Middle Eastern. You know, with yep, like yep. a little bit a little bit of that... Um, uh, Almost like Halo. The a little bit Halo, Halo, a little, like just a teeny bit Gladiator, like a little bit that Lisa Gerard Gladiator, but not quite, more in the Middle East, Middle Eastern vibe. And it was just so spectacular because that, that was such a cliche in the late 90s, early 2000s. And to just apply it with no like thought, just it's just it seems that seems like they theme. were trying to capitalize on what the Matrix. This is a couple of years after the yeah. Matrix, oh, I yeah. think, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they were very much trying to do that, <laughs> but just with film. no wirefu, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> no groundbreaking special effects. So where are we? Where are we at with the story so far? Oh, we're we, a minute we didn't in. Get far. <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> We've gotten to the point that a little boy has been taken somewhere, we think, in a nefarious kidnapping style and, situation. And we've set up that there is a beef between the, the mother of the boy and the father ah. of the boy. And mm. they both clearly have a lot of money and that they're flying their boy back and forth on private jets between <laughs> cities. <laughs> boy. But not enough money to get their boy oh, some acting oh. lessons, that's for sure. The boy, right. the boy doesn't oh. talk yeah. at all in this movie. I think maybe he says hello at the end of the movie and Lucy Liu's character's like, what, you, you can talk? You know who else doesn't talk in this movie? Lucy Liu doesn't talk for 21 minutes and the first thing she says is <laughs> no, just the word run. Not. That's right. Mm. That makes sense. And then our, our male protagonist mumbles through the oh. whole movie, so I don't know if you can call any of the words spoken in this movie yeah. dialogue. Antonio Banderas is, is, is hard work, and, and we're introduced to him now at a bar. Um, he's mourning the death of his wife, um, which I don't know how recently that's happened, but it seems like fairly recently. He's sitting at a bar, he's drinking, and some special agents come up to him, and they're like, hey, we need you to be back in the, the DIA? What, what, what do they want him to join? Yeah, the it's DIA. Like the CIA, yeah, it's the DIA. There's a DIA, but it's like What's an that? underground shadow government thing, right? Uh, it's the Dental Intelligence Association. <laughs> Authority Association. Yeah, That's what it was. Thank you. The other thing of note in this scene, because I didn't pick up on any of the plot, (laughs) what I did pick up on was the fact that 
uh, in the script, I reckon it read, he had a, like just a cigarette like dangling from his lips. Yes. And I can see what the intention was. The idea that he would fight people in a bar, <laughs> throw them over the bar, flip them around yeah. with a cigarette dangling from his lips, care, <laughs> carefree. That's right. Um, but all I could see was like a man desperately trying to keep that cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> like they didn't. They didn't like they didn't stick it in or anything. <laughs> so it's just a man with pursed lips. That's a character trait with him as well, because I think the next scene he's walking through the rain, still profusely like smoking a cigarette. Great yeah, shot. Yeah, I did love this Beautiful bit. Shot. This bit was great. <laughs> so M- Miguel Sandoval comes up, who we recognise as like character actor from everything from Jurassic Park, and he's Medium. been in Medium and clear and present danger and stuff and and he walks up and he does like the classic like yo we need you to join the force and it's like nah i'm out of the game you'll never get me back and he's like i've got this audio recording that indicates your wife might be alive or something and then he's like fine he fights some guys oh he's he's already fought them he yeah he, he gets him to join back into this like shadow government force to find out about you know the 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 kid and and all that kind of stuff and then we do like it goes full music video montage style it's like slow-mo walking through the rain smoke he's he's got a cigarette in his mouth it looks real cool it just keeps doing these crossfades and gives you like a bit of exposition can i set that up a little bit so he's in the bar and they're like you need to rejoin us and he says Nah, I'll never come back. My wife is dead. So he walks out of the bar and that's when we see this scene, right? The the guy, the 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 like head of the DIA says like sit back in the corner to his cronies because when he comes back, he'll kill you or something like this. <laughs> but like he's assuming that he's coming back and rightly because he does come it's, back. It's um yeah. very much the scene of the walking through just to come back to I'm going to keep coming back to this second year film student um that's a good analogy. analogy please um I, it had a real vibe of um that second year film student in first year all he did was rip off uh quentin tarantino <laughs> with like splashes of of robert rodriguez and then sometime towards the end of first year uh during like a film history class someone showed one john woo film and then yeah. now he's laid in some john woo aesthetic <laughs> But has it really moved past? Now it's John Woo and a bit of the Matrix. This is where he's sitting right I, now. I love this music video montage thing where where it's like crossfading and it's just like gun, badge, shot of Miguel Sandoval just saying like, you'll join this transnational task force. Him walking. Like it was just such a funny way of connecting scenes to me. There was a lot of like um, going for profound purely aesthetically does that make sense there was a lot of like particularly in the in the like the vaguely islamic music that plays over seva like i'll, I'll yeah. get to it but the, there's a moment i'm jumping ahead i'm so sorry to ruin the structure of your podcast no do it but there's a bit after she's machine gunned a bunch of innocent police officers oh yeah you mean after you, are you talking about the part where lucy Liu commits violent acts of terrorism just for she no just reason. Needlessly slaughters a bunch of police officers. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Zach, go on. Um and then and then and then like that's the first time the Sever, um, Lisa Gerard, Gladiator, vaguely Islamic music plays as she walks around and like shoots a few more people. <laughs> and there's no like it's like there's this thing of like chaos is sitting there going, yeah, man, you're really feeling something now. I'm like, you know, that has to be attached to like some sort of story beat, man. Like, Yeah. yeah. 
And it's juxtaposed against like five minutes earlier, her coming across a civilian and saying, run, like trying to flee civilians out of there. And then she's like, but also I'm going to shoot a machine gun into 30,000 people. And then is there also that bit where the snipers try to get her again? I've jumped ahead, but if this is so good, this is so good. If if you are listening and going, geez, they are jumping around a bit, bit hard to follow the plot. (laughs) We're not jumping around as much as you think we are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so there's a sniper There's a sniper And he goes to shoot her This is a professional <laughs> sniper He goes to shoot her And she's like sent everyone running They're all running through the streets And they're like Why don't you shoot her And there's a I think I think I've misinterpreted Because there's another bit That maybe this is the bit You're going to talk about But he's like Why don't you shoot her And he's like I can't there's too many people. And they show, they show <laughs> through her, through the sniper's like range. There's like four people. They get enough extras for that notion. It's like, can't, you can shoot Lucy Lou real easy right now, man. I can't tell which one is Lucy Lou. It's all four people. There's four people running. It's like, if you cannot shoot Lucy Lou in a crowd of five people in Vancouver, man, you are not a good sniper. That's right. And then you alluded to to the, the fantastic part of this scene where the sniper's looking for her, can't find her. And then suddenly you see you're inside his scope and you see he finally locks in on Lucy Lou, and she's standing there with like, I don't know, like a bazooka. I don't know the name of weapons, like a, a big rocket propelled grenade launcher thing. Right. And, sh- and he's like, he's like, oh shit. And then she shoots at him. He flies off the building, right? Because he's up in, obviously he's oh, up yeah. in a high building to take advantage of. And he flies off and there's this beautiful the, the shot. The best shot in the movie. Of- my favorite shot. Oh, yes. It's amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's it's so so how how do you describe this? It follows so it's from above him as he falls off a building and he flies down towards the pavement. To a car. Um, He lands on a car. He lands on a cop car or yeah, or like car of some sort. But the whole thing is beautifully shot of this guy falling off a building from above him Mm. and he's just like waving his arms behind him in slow motion as he slowly descends and smashes like yeah. you know, I don't know how they do you know what that falling moment was backwards. that was like in the matrix you know how neo does that backwards thing where he like very you know he does yeah, the bullet time yeah. thing at the end of the matrix and that was like a yeah. huge deal at the time it was like iconic yeah. that's sort of what that felt like when we were watching they that. were trying to do yeah. that that whole scene was trying to do a matrix but then right, right after yeah. that They're trying to the, do a matrix on him the wheel on the car that he smashes into also just pops off and like hits another policeman i don't know if you saw that but that was <laughs> very, it was very, very that, nice that there was like three or four moments in it where you're just like oh man i think chaos this i think yeah. he might <laughs> Somewhere deep down knows, like, what went wrong here? There's a point. There's a point with all of these movies where I start thinking to myself, is this the worst movie and I'm okay? Or am I just the worst person ever to watch this movie? Because there are just moments where they strike upon something and I think, yeah, I don't, I'm very confused, but maybe I'm just an idiot. And maybe this (laughs) is actually, maybe this is actually really good. In that moment, you kind of go, oh, it's a miracle that, that, that any movie does work mm, like you you mm, look right. you look at a movie this bad I don't know but like you look at a movie that's this sort of like all over the place and you just go that's well, how every movie is made it's just these disparate like moments and then somehow like how do you make something particularly action I have no idea how you would make an action film cohesive yeah um like I know I'm, I'm mocking this film if I were to make an action film it would not not be as good as Ballistic X versus Seven. Oh, yeah, oh. it really makes you appreciate the Michael Bay's of the world. That 
you don't watch like those movies have a frenetic energy and you can you can dislike them because they're because of their tone or whatever but you know what's going on and you know like who wants what yeah, and, and you, by the end of it, you understand what happened in them. Mm. Like he can shoot action. There's something about this this movie where you spend the whole time just being like, "Who? Wait, what? All right, so they're chasing each other, and then who's doing what? And and by the end, it like there's there's a few like double crosses and flips, and and I'm just lost at that point. I want to talk about Gant. I want yeah, to talk we, about this character. We did Gant. skip Where over the, a very. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, Let's no, move no. it back. Let's move it back. Please, you're our guest. Okay, what I'm going to do, full disclosure, before we carry yeah. on, I I really wasn't following the plot. I lost interest <laughs> around the cigarette in the mouth action sequence. <laughs> so so I'm I'm just going to be like grabbing at these moments, these visuals, because that's how I watch the film. Yeah. So what I need to do now is let you boys run the plot description <laughs> and I will come in at the points that are relevant rather than jumping ahead. So let's go back to Gant, who I don't know who that is. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. He was. He was. Zach, I'm one step above you. I think I know who Gant is, and that's literally the only detail. I watched I have this up movie two hours ago, and I watched it. I sat and I watched it, and I don't know who Gant is. I think it's the the main villain. So yeah. that's about it. how engaged, how much, how well this film grabbed me. And we're going to give ten points to Zach. There he's <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> So Morgan, tell us tell us about Gant. Well, this is my question because I know that he exists. I know that much, and I know that his introduction also involves a sh- a gun that shoots oh, backwards into dude, the person that, was that the holds best. it. That was the best. All right, so so Gant is the kid's dad, right? And uh, he, I think, also runs one of these shadow CIA esque uh, organizations. Uh, he's he's got some whole plot about the kid and trying to use him and and the wife and all that stuff. It's not really important, but um, after Lucy Liu's character Sever, um, as we described, kicks the shit out of like twenty guys with machine guns, she takes the kid, and then one of those guys goes to Gant on this bridge, and he's got a neck brace, which is funny automatically. You can't wear a neck brace and have it be like a serious dramatic moment to me. So he oh right, because he's just come from that battle. Yeah, so he comes up to Gant and he's basically like. Like, someone came and stole your kid. And then Gant is like, well, you failed me. So I've got this gun. I could shoot you, but why don't you do the right thing? He might even do like a small monologue where he's like, in Japanese culture, when people have brought <laughs> shame upon their family, they kill themselves. Oh, uh, yeah. He happens, hands him it? the gun. No, and that, that, it's almost word for word that. <laughs> so he gives him the gun. And he's like, you know, do the right thing. And the guy's like, well, I'm not going to. And he's like, just do the right thing. And so he holds the gun to his head and it gets all tense and does like a dramatic push in. And then at the last second, this guy decides, nah, I'm not going to shoot myself. I've got a gun in my hand. I'm going to shoot Gant. He points it at Gant. He pulls the trigger, but the gun shoots backwards into his own head, thereby killing him. Gant knew he didn't have the guts to go through with it because he's an evil genius. So you assume that somebody's like snipered this That's guy, what right? I thought. You don't think I yeah, the gun I had to watch it a second shot time. him in reverse. Yeah, I had to rewind but they it. don't explain it. They do show a close-up of like the back of the gun and it shoots like stuff out of it. So they, they have it in there, but it happens so quickly that you assume that someone else just snipes him. For a movie, just like... Pr- like you got to admit, of all the evil things to happen oh, in a movie, a reverse gun? <laughs> I haven't seen that that's before. That's pretty fucking evil, man. Also, dude, why didn't you just shoot him? <laughs> <laughs> 
Why did you make a reverse gun? That's Give like him the some, reverse um, gun. John Kramer jigsaw Hope type that stuff. he held it at exactly the angle that it would hit him in the head. <laughs> yeah. There's, in the director's cut of this film, there's a very long scene just before them of them working on the lab on the reverse gun, like trying to chisel out a hole. There's a um. There's a, there was a real. I I hadn't even thought about it, but there was a real like, um, like uh. Uh, there was a real fashion because I feel like that's a staple. There's a staple of, um, of of action films where you introduce the villain, and in that introductory scene, they needlessly kill someone. Like that's a that's one almost, of their own mm, men usually. Yeah, they, they they're so evil to show how callous they are. Yeah, yeah um, they'll they'll kill usually one of their own men. Or in the case of I don't know if you saw the new Harley Quinn movie, just. A brutally upsetting scene where he cuts people's head face very upsetting <laughs> and just but they usually kill one of their own men and there was a there was a point in about the mid 90s i think they've come back around to just doing it unapologetically there's a point from about the mid 90s to the mid 2000s where they were like this is a cliche but i have no idea how else to demonstrate someone's evil <laughs> so we're going to keep doing this scene but we're going to be creative with mm. it and mm. there's just there's so many like wonderful things around that era. That's the, that was really the best time for the killing their own men or demonstrating how evil they are. Scene. I think of the um, yeah. What's that one in the Phantom with the? Uh, do you remember? Did you ever see the Phantom where where the, he's like? Um, you need to look into the microscope to see how you've let me down. And then he looks into the microscope. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, oh, I can't see. And he's like, you need to turn the knob to get a closer look. And then there's spikes <laughs> in the microscope. There's <laughs> <laughs> also Zorro had someone's head in a jar. Like, they were really just, like, <laughs> playing with how you... And, and I think I think Chaos topped it. With his reverse gun and no exposition to explain the reverse gun. Do we think that the reverse gun works on the same level that, say, a face-off scenario or a con air? You know, like these ludicrous situations that they work for some reason. Why do those movies work? And this uh, one doesn't. Quite is it because this movie didn't height. rely enough on the reverse gun? Do you think that the reverse gun should have been a main theme in this? Yeah, movie? Yeah, if the movie was about the reverse gun. Yeah, we'd we'd all have something to connect it. Right. If it was called Ballistic Reverse Gun versus Normal Gun, then yeah, the movie I can see is is still it. about some sort of like uh, injecting nanobots that go in and stop your heart from working and give you a heart attack. Yeah. So we still do <laughs> have that something? aspect. I didn't realize that until it was used in the very last like minute of the movie. I was like, "What? What was that? What just happened?" <laughs> oh, the injecty thing. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Oh man. I, I see where the problem is. So after Antonio Banderas joins uh, Miguel, um, he gives him like the quick debrief, and he's like, "There's this technology, some bioweapon." Uh, maybe he even says like in Berlin this place burned down and no one could find the prototype and all this kind of general stuff and it's showing this stuff on the screen of like an injection and then a nanobot coming in and like stabbing into a heart and yeah. it just it, but it just dumps it on you in about 10 seconds 
and the, and at the same time they're saying things like Lucy Liu is uh, some sort of like assassin and Banderas has this thing where he's like oh I know what she is she's like a DEA trained orphan class who like had no parents and she was just like special mission trained to be an assassin and and then that's when it's like you're gonna have to find her that's your mission in this movie so there's like a really quick three minute exposition dump and it all just gets thrown at once there are a lot of conclusions that are jumped to very quickly in this movie including before that action scene that we were talking about where lucy Liu essentially shoots up an entire (laughs) canadian oh yeah with the ruthless Um, terrorist acts antonio banderas Antonio Banderas and his new partner are sitting in a car just chilling in Toronto and they hear on the CV, they hear on the CV radio like, calling all units, we need help, suspect is female. And he's like, (laughs) that's her. He's sitting there and he has this handful of different coloured pills. Yes. And he eats one. And then the other guy just says something like, is that why they call you X? And he just goes, I'm on a diet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's so much dialogue in this film where, like, tonally, it's like, you're like, I know that was meant to be mm-hmm. that line. <laughs> yeah. mm. I know in this scene, like, there's a one, I'm going to jump ahead. I'm so sorry. I feel like it's thematically it works. There's a there's a line, I think I wrote it down, towards the very end. What's the name of the Gant? He, 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 um, he looks at someone. I don't remember where it falls. I think he looks at Sever or X and he goes... There are no innocent people, only killers and victims. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, mm, wait, victims are innocent. <laughs> that line literally does not make sense. There's a similar one that Bandera says, I, I'm pretty sure, to maybe like one of the side cop characters who's helping him, where he just says, he's like, you got a family? Yeah. You love them? Yeah. Then get out of this business. Yeah, that was sick. <laughs> he's also with that cop and he's he's in that cop's house and he's doing some very important work on that guy's laptop in his house. And uh, he's doing something that that guy's not meant to see. And he's like, oh, I better not look at this. And he just goes like, just say you weren't here. And it's like, what if, if you're going to create an alibi, <laughs> they're going to find you in his house using his laptop and he's just going to say he wasn't there? Like... If Anthony, if he just like mumbles anything, he can get away with it. Doesn't doesn't matter what it is. You know, I just want to talk as well about the moment you were saying about where they were setting up the um, that she was the uh, the orphan class DEA agent. I missed all of that because all I could think of in that particular sequence is. Boy, they loved the blue colour grade in the early two thousands. Yeah, <laughs> this is the bluest movie I've ever seen. It's bluer than Minority Report. <laughs> like, it ticks all my boxes. I love that shit. I, just, I exclusively want to watch action it. movies between 1999 and 2002. <laughs> I love that music, that like industrial, grungy, so techno, bomb funk MCs type stuff. You're like, oh, that era. It is, and it, you just, it's so thrilling. That music is so thrilling. And you're like, I'm about to see some fucking incredible fight choreography. You feel it and you know it. And you're like, that's right. You hear, you hear that Middle Eastern voice? <laughs> yeah. And shit's about and then, to go like, down. The characters are doing, like, they don't even, like, it's, it's not even impressive without the wires. <laughs> There's one bit right at the end. I'm sorry to jump around. There's one bit right at the end where Lucy Lou is like fighting the guy and then like... The <laughs> it should be like she like jumps 
over the over the fence to a higher platform. Then she literally just like climbs yeah. and puts her leg over it and climbs <laughs> over, and they just show the entire thing. Anyway, go back, go back. I'm sorry. That's okay. Let's move on with the storyline. What we discover, because because I, I feel like we need to jump ahead a little bit. What we discover is whilst this young child was like flown back to his mum. Actually, what was happening is that he had had this bioweapon injected into him oh. and he was ostensibly, uh, what do you call it, Smug- smuggling the, the, the bioweapon into Canada and now his dad wants him back so he can take the bioweapon out and then sell it to his like horrible customers that want to kill people. The bioweapon is some weird, like I don't know, microscopic like robot bug that resides inside your veins and if you press a button, it gives you a heart attack. And so that's why the boy is precious. And that's why Lucy Liu has kidnapped the boy because she wants to hurt old mate Gant. I genuinely forgot all of that. <laughs> Sorry, Mitch. That That's what the movie's about, more or less. Yeah, that's... Thank you. <laughs> God. I was freaking I think... out. I was like, I don't remember this movie at all. I missed all of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like... <laughs> I felt like the little boy. I mean, the little boy is acting really uh, not perturbed by anything that's happening to him through this whole movie. (laughs) And I feel like he is our eyes. You know what I mean? Like, he's who who we're meant to be connecting with. Like, what is going on? (laughs) I don't think he's going to be traumatized by anything that happened to him. He seems seems to deal with it all pretty well, doesn't he? Yeah. (laughs) I'd be freaking out. All right. So, we've done the setup. We've got... Antonio Banderas is chasing down Sever. Uh, Antonio Banderas is called X, by the way. I kept th- thinking his name was Hex, and then I was like, oh no, of course, the movie's called X versus Sever. He must be X. Hex mm. is also like a very early 2000s hackery type name. Anyway, yeah. we, we've we got him chasing down Lucy Liu. Uh, he finds her in a mall, massive shootout. Um, she- <laughs> they, the funny part is the shootout ends and the cops come. And it's over. And Antonio Banderas is talking to Miguel. And um, and then he goes, hold on a oh. sec. She She's still here. And he's like, what? And then he just gets shot. And she's like, still yeah. just in the crowd of people. She just kills another cop for no reason. Why? Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, when I think back to what, the, what is eventually revealed, it doesn't undo the fact that she killed his, like, best friend That's and right. like yeah there's nothing about like what she does in this sequence that is then really like it's like a tv show you know when tv shows used to be written kind of in real time mm. so then like a twist would happen at the end like the, there was a twist at the end of season one of 24 that you go back and you're like that doesn't make sense she was a good guy until two episodes until the I know end what you're talking about yeah and that that happens in this where it's like bad guy bad guy bad guy and hate to give it away kind of a reveal but it's like she killed a lot of cops, yeah. man. <laughs> and it's more confusing because there's there's a section of just normal city police, but then there's also these guys that work for Gant who are like bad cops. And sometimes they'll start shooting people and you're like, oh, that must be bad cop versus good cop versus Sever versus X, which is, again, a better title. <laughs> the thing is, X and Sever aren't really versing each other. They are for about the first 20 minutes. And then they kind of like realize that they they have a common enemy. Uh, it's kind of it's like it's it, yeah. For that first twenty minutes, it's more like Sever versus the whole like a number yeah. of people, including X. Yeah, 
<laughs> sever versus everybody. That doesn't really roll off the tongue, does X it? X is witness to Sever <laughs> versus a number of people. He versus her for a scene. But and we then do, I'd thing. say the first yeah. half of the movie is Antonio Banderas chasing Lucy Liu, whether they're in cars or on motorbikes or shooting each other. And That's true. Lucy Liu seems to just keep pulling out a rocket-propelled grenade launcher either to start or end an action sequence every time. She just has a lot of those. It's her go-to. So so, so what, I, I feel like, you know, like the more we talk about it, the more confusing the, the plot actually is. <laughs> You've got Lucy Liu who's, who's kidnapped a kid and we haven't established the reason she... Again, maybe it wasn't understood, but the reason she kidnapped this kid was to get back at the bad at the bad guy gant because he killed her uh, son um, in a bombing we find out that that she she broke profile Wait. and had a child at some point so yeah. there's there's lots there's lots of motives everywhere and right that's like against the rules of the of the assassins oh well i don't know about any of that i don't know if any of that is true i swear to god i yeah. watched this movie but i was just, i was going to say i just had a memory come back to me of a zoom in on um lucy Liu's face as she's looking at a computer screen of like satellite images oh man for no reason like a very dramatic yeah. zoom in on her face but done digitally so the pixels are just like horribly huge i think she's like re-watching the footage of her child being killed or something can i can i throw this out just just as a nice sort of icebreaker between between following this very intense um film uh, timeline morgan what would uh this is just something i'm toying around with you don't need to take it too seriously but um, i'd like to hear your input on what what do you think of louis c it's sort of like louis ck but it's like louis c what, what would that sound like louis c ck no louis c louis c is is that a thing or is, is that does that work or like Louis C. It's like you know Louis C.K. Are you are you gonna do the, the impression or not? We're, we're just rolling around this thing. I don't I don't know if Morgan has has a Louis C.K. in the chamber. That's the question. Or a Lucy Lou is hard to do an impression because she doesn't do a lot of talking. Because <laughs> she doesn't talk. <laughs> I'm on bated breath. Yeah, she's a very like chill unit. I mean, I, what what is there about Louis C.K.'s voice that yeah, is no, like I don't, I don't know. It's true. Definable. Sorry, I tried to find something that's... Uh, Declan, Declan, go on, please. Step up no, to the I, plate. I was going to say, I don't think Hayden's asking you to do the voice of Louis C.K. I think he's asking you to like lock the door on some woman and masturbate in front of her or something. That's a big part of his act now, yeah. Um, okay. Oh, Lu- Lucy, Lucy, Lu- no, Lewis, no, Lu- Lucy, 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 Lucy Lou. Okay, let's move on. Sorry. It's got legs. Uh, yeah, so Lucy Lou, at one point, she actually calls Gant up and she's like, I know that you were the one who bombed my house and killed my kid or whatever. And he's like, Oh, sorry, I didn't know he was in there. <laughs> um, what do you want? Can I have my kid back? And she goes, I'll give you your kid back for your life. And that's like the, the plot of the movie now. Now we know everything's in motion. She's pulled the backwards gun conundrum on him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but she's she's done it verbally yeah. she's done it again i knew that was gonna make a comeback and she also makes a paper crane which i was like i don't know why but she's like making a paper crane and um it does come back right at the end it's really important really good symbology yeah um yeah did you notice 
I know we're darting right to the very end of the movie now, but did you notice after the shot of the paper crane was a shot of a real life crane? Oh, yes, true. And, and by life crane, I mean a dead mechanical crane that does, you know, what, whatever cranes do. Chaos is sort of like, a, like I think, a mid-2000s liarbird. Like, I think he just, like, collected everything. Like, just this idea of, like, everything you... Like, a vague memory. If you had a vague memory... Of everything that was in movies in the mid two thousands, <laughs> that vague memory would play out similar to how this film plays out. This film feels like a vague memory of all the other films of its a era. It's dream, like when yeah. you have a dream and you try and explain it to someone afterwards, and you're like, "It felt like it made sense at the time, but now that I'm saying it to you, it really didn't make any sense." That's what this movie is like. Yeah, it just like like you know, there's got again back to the second year film student, really really good at the action sequences. But just dumb as dog shit, and you're like, it's like, why, why is what? It's like the crane is a metaphor. It's like for what? what? Doesn't matter. It's a metaphor. It is like a dream. You you try to explain it, and just is. It just is, man. (laughs) Like he thinks metaphor. Metaphor is the end of the thought. (laughs) Yes. You only need to get to metaphor. You don't need to say for what. (laughs) <laughs> Let's push forward, right? So I, th- I feel like we, we've we've got most of the plot. I'm, I'm sure no one's understood it, but eventually X and Seva stop versing. That's our midpoint. And become one. Yeah. So there's a point where Antonio Banderas actually gets framed for killing all the cops, and he's like, he gets arrested, and then he's like in uh, getting transported in one of those like prison buses, and he sees like a motorbike go past, and he's like, oh yes, I know who this is because I've been versing her all this film, and of course she she's on the road with them, she drives past them. Five seconds later, she's on a bridge above them with a rocket propelled grenade. She shoots the bus and Antonio Banderas fortunately was like, oh, this is the perfect time that I've like picked the lock on my cuffs and I can like escape this. And then they finally meet up and they do have like a bit of a conversation. And then it ends with Lucy Liu killing everyone and going over to Antonio Banderas and like pointing the gun at him and then being like, if you want Gant or you want your wife back or something, Gant knows where she is. And then she just like throws an address on a piece of paper. (laughs) What is the address? I can't remember. It must just be Gant's house or something, <laughs> okay. or a warehouse. It's, it must be the warehouse <laughs> at the end. Just like the stu- where they have to go for yeah. the next like shoot of the next scene. Can anyone explain <laughs> yeah. the part where she gets... She's on like a New York street, and she gets a big greasy slice of pizza and then walks into a comedy club and gets up on stage and starts doing a bit... <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. About, Here um, we go. Yeah. What, what she does she this say? bit about ballistic missiles and how they're hard to get on certain uh, days of the week. Yep. But, uh, and, and, what is it, and what does it sound like? You know, I went out to get my um, ballistic missiles the other day. And then it just cuts away before like any sort of punchline. Uh, yeah. No, okay, super yeah. unfulfilling. <laughs> I, that was a very unfulfilling scene. Mm. All right. All right. So um, at the end... I, I believe what happens when Lucy Liu has uh, the kid, who I think is called Michael, there's one part where we see her like doing stuff on a computer, looking at like the soft kill, which is the name of this bio That's weapon. That's right. Terrible name again. The movie could be called Soft Kill. I would probably prefer True. that. That's a very but, good point. But yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Soft Kill X versus Sever. And so sh- we we don't know why, but she's also playing with a bullet, I think. She's like, she's like, 
doing stuff with a microscope and she's yeah and and they don't you don't know why but of course we find out at the end uh gant finally gets his kid back and he does something and realizes like oh there's no soft kill in this kid he doesn't have it anymore and then um lucy lou <laughs> this is the very ending by the way there's a lot of fighting and explosions before this for 40 for 40 minutes but do we really need to go into detail on those at this point? I don't think so. All I think we need to say is there's one sequence where the wife comes back. It's revealed that the child is Antonio Banderas's child. That's right. And I believe it plays out. Let's let's rem- let's note that this movie has lacked exposition up until this point. Up until this point, we had a backward shooting yeah. gun, and no one explained that to us, the audience. And then, and then there is, I believe, within a minute of each other, mm. there's a sequence where she goes, he's your son. He responds, he's my son. And then they go up to the car and he's like, you've got my son. And then, she, and then Seva's like, yes, he's your son. <laughs> because it's so fucking ludicrous and changes nothing that this child is actually seven. Am I right in saying this is the plot that's now? True. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. The child at some point, it's revealed that it's X's son. Yeah. But that's, it really doesn't make sense. Well, and, and even if it makes sense, it adds nothing. It's like... Turns out that's your son. <laughs> okay. All right. Nothing's changed. Yeah, Still got to say, like, there are no stakes because I've never met this kid before and I sort of care, but not really. I can't tell if they care either. I don't know if they knew this information beforehand. Yeah. Who's passing what to who? Banderas was, you know, his wife was killed or missing. Or he, he believed her to be dead. And then, yeah, we find out that she's not dead. She's like got a new identity and she's with Gant. And she's got a different name. I think it's is yeah. one one of the names is Vin, and I think one of the names is Rain. Does that sound right? Yeah, she's she's Vin. Um, the whole well, okay. There's a lot of exposition dumped in that one scene because it starts, and I remember it because they're in an <laughs> aquarium, and she spots him through the tank because she's just there for the for the beluga whales, and then she sees her dead husband. And she's like, oh my God. And you learn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that explosion sequence, I did not. <laughs> it was very, very tricky. Because like he, I think what, what it was, it was, in fact, it was Shakespearean, right? So she, <laughs> the wife is on this, on one side of two sets of cars. Antonio Banderas is on the other side of two sets of cars. He sees one car explode thinking that his wife is dead and his wife sees the other car explode thinking he is dead. And so they both, they both think walk that, away. And just never see each other again and assume the other is dead. Thinking the other one is dead. That's right. But yeah, no, it was so I, I, confusing. I legitimately, just because of the storytelling, there's a close-up of the hand like pressing the button that causes the explosion. And, and I thought it was Antonio Vanderas' hand. I'm like, why is this cunt exploding all these cars? It is thoroughly confusing. I, I will say I watched this two times in preparation for, How the, did um, you do that? for the podcast. This is not, not something that's I usually like, do. That's like leaving a war zone with PTSD and then jumping straight on the next helicopter back in. We've got a special <laughs> guest. I had, to, I had to make sure I knew what was happening because it was a confusing movie. If there's anything more evil than a reverse gun, it's a remote control. And I, I think they proved that with this movie because he, he clicks that remote control twice for two separate explosions. And isn't it ironic that his undoing at the end of this film 
is at the very same hands of a remote control. Do you guys notice the that? The very control that was remoted by someone <laughs> else. It all comes full circle. It's a metaphor. There's also a pretty cool fight scene in a train yard with Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu like, yeah. shooting past each other to kill the people behind them. Like, they're flanked on oh, both yeah, ends. Oh, yeah, that was sick. And they're just shooting. That's, that's meant to be... Like, there are a couple of scenes that are meant to be their Matrix scenes, right? There's the scene in the mall where Lucy Liu's, like, shooting everything in the world. And then the, uh, you, and you have the guy falling off the building with that shot we spoke about before. Mm. And then you have the, like, we're in a train yard, we're going to... Oh, actually, what I did think is... So, the, the final scene of the movie is the bad guys rock up to this train yard where Lucy Liu has her headquarters set up. A bad cave. And before the bad guys turn up to the, to the train yard... It's a very home alone moment, right? So they're like running around to trains and like strapping guns guns under all these trains and like thinking like, hmm, how can we trick these bad fellas when they turn up and putting explosives in certain places? Sort of the prep before the um the wet bandits turn up. <laughs> I found that really really cute actually. But that was meant to be that was meant to be the Neo and um uh, Trinity, you know, with the the massive thing of guns that flies in in the white space. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and they, they, they load themselves. It was meant to be that, right? Yeah. The thing that blew me away more than anything is that, like, The Matrix is built around Waifu. Like, it's an entire film. The plot is very complex and important, but it's all built around this, like, aesthetic, like, bold, 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 like, fight sequences. Mm. Right. And then you think of something like Ong Back, which is, like, like... In, oh, like entirely built around. Or oh, the raid mm. is a really great film of like that is entirely built around that guy. The director loved a particular form of martial arts so much he wrote a film around that type of martial arts. Right. This movie has that structure. It has all the tenets of a film, like particularly The Matrix, built around uh, around fighting but they like forgot to get a fight choreographer. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's like the matrix, but no wires and very few stunt people. (laughs) Lots of explosions though. (laughs) But none of those like really like, you know, uh, mind melting action scenes where you're like, I've never seen this before. The only one was that shot of the guy falling down and the camera falling down with him. I think they made attempts that fell really flat. Like at the end where they had, that big fight scene before Gantz, um, you know, like his left-hand man or right-hand man fell into that pool and I guess exploded. They had a fight with Lucy Liu with a very small chain sort of, (laughs) you know, like four or five links on a chain and they just fought with that for a good two or three minutes. That was meant to be something. There's not even like, there's just like fundamental rules on how you shoot an action sequence. (laughs) Like, this is an action film. Like, the only thing it's got going for it is the action. And, like, they're not the right angles to make the hits land. And then it's not cut right to, like... So, like, there's, like, a bit where, like, Lucy Lou like, goes to trip someone up and they jump. And it's just sort of, like, they just do that bit. It's, like, like you literally can feel them going... Like, the actors going, one... Two, three, go! (laughs) (laughs) And now I have to jump. (laughs) So at the end of the movie, Lucy Liu has put the soft kill bioweapon. She's taken it from the kid. She's put it in this bullet and they surprise Gant by... She shoots him in the arm 
And he's like, haha, that's like, I'm fine. I've got a bullet through the arm, but you didn't even kill me. And she really could have just shot him in the head, but I guess she wants to be like, aha, but now I click this button and it does a full like zoom through the body. And we see like a CGI little red uh, <laughs> robot thing in the bloodstream, like dig into his heart or something. And then he's like, oh God. And he has a heart attack. I and- like that this, yeah, it's like a, a, a tiny, like unseeable by the eye like thing in his bloodstream right but it still has little clamps and it clamps down <laughs> on a something and then its other hand that's right this robot has hands its other hand is a needle and the needle goes yeah. into what he's clamped down and like injects him with something and it's just like this is new visual information they needed to set up <laughs> the blood robot yeah. i know they set it up intellectually <laughs> and they showed some shots yeah, sort of, you yeah. can't just like the final sequence can't be like yeah. a two a three second animation of a blood <laughs> robot totally <laughs> It blew me out of the water. It absolutely blew me out of the water. I had no idea what was going on. That was ridiculous. It was, that was that was like meant to be there with the cop falling on the car. It's like, and then <laughs> it goes inside his bloodstream as we see the robot with its little needle arms. But it's so pointless because we've just watched a movie where I'd say at least 200 people have been just killed with normal bullets. Classic classic shooting in the streets why do you need this secret bioweapon if you're willing to shoot hundreds of people to death in a supermarket or anything like just shoot the people you don't like (laughs) that the movie has shown that that is the way we can solve our problems i don't think anything happens after this right so so the happy ending is that lucy lou is like she's avenged the death of her son antonio banderas is reunited with his wife and now son that he realizes he now has a son who's like what seven to ten years old yeah um and then they are looking at the city skyline of canada and the movie ends is that what happens yeah they're on they've been in canada is this canada they're in just canada yeah the whole thing was set in canada yeah vancouver it was filmed in vancouver yeah yeah, and I think it was it set in Vancouver. Yeah, they mentioned they mentioned. Oh, sorry, they mentioned Canada. I don't know if they mentioned Vancouver. Something very funny about that. Like, there's something very like um, I don't know. There's like 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 these great movies that can be a lot of great movies have been filmed in Canada. Like The Matrix was filmed in Sydney, and you wouldn't really know. You'd know if you've been to Sydney. You'd recognize a few buildings, but it feels like Chicago. Like it feels like their world. There's just this real tenant of like shit films yeah where they where it just feels set in the in the place they got the tax breaks they, they weren't able yeah. to hi- disguise it enough and so they were like all right we better slip on a little bit of dialogue that's like welcome to vancouver which one guy does so he, he says welcome to canada or something like this why you just can't have an action movie set in no vancouver way. absolutely yeah. it's too nice it's like um the, i still remember the the um um the uh, this is a weird reference, but the Power Rangers, the movie. Hell um, yeah. And I didn't realize movies got made in Australia. And the first time I realized that films could, got made in Australia was I'd just been on a holiday to Sydney with my family and gone to Darling Harbour. And I was watching Power Rangers, the movie. And they're like just in Darling Harbour. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. like it's in like front of the Opera House. Seeker Centre. <laughs> In the Ken Doan um, gallery. It's <laughs> just like, this is Sydney, man. It's exactly the same level of just like, not. Ha- it's less about the money, just not having the filmmaking skills to not make it set, set in Vancouver or Sydney. 
the movie does end with Antonio Banderas. I think he's playing with a paper crane and he's standing on a giant crane and we just have like this sweeping helicopter shot. Oh, also this song plays. Yes, good song. Mm. Anytime by Mary Griffin. And it doesn't really match the tone. Tonally, so like I've never seen it more far off the mark. You think about the Matrix ending with Rage Against the Machine. And this movie yeah. ends with that. Again, I watched the director's cut and Antonio Banderas flies up towards the camera at the end of that match. <laughs> yeah. Is it um what do you think they would have called the second one? Because the title so oddly feels like it's setting up for a sequel, but Absolutely. the film does not. Like, the film... The title also turns out to be a lie because they're not and, versing, and they're not, they? And they're just not. I mean, not. they're really quite it's friendly. It's not even that, that Batman versus Superman thing where they're versing and then, or they the entire movie... It's got this whole thing where it's like, even though they fight from time to time early on, I feel like when a movie is called Versus, like Batman versus Superman gets a lot of flack, namely because it's not a great film, but... It gets a lot of flack, but the two people versus, like, there's ideological difference. Batman doesn't like Superman. This movie, even though they fight, it's kind of incidental. Like, I was expecting Mm. this, like, X is this guy, and this is everything he represents, and Sever is this this person, and this is everything she represents, (laughs) and then they're going to... But it's just like, it's kind of... Const- yeah. like a co- they very quickly find that they have a common enemy and they don't really work against each other for much of the film like if it, it, he should have known it was his kid from the start and then like to raise the stakes she right? steals his oh, kid oh yeah why didn't she steal his He'd kid want to get his kid back and then the twist is because he had this poison in him and she was trying to save that's right. him that's interesting that's the twist Damn, he's you, done when it. he gets you in the writers' room, man. <laughs> they <laughs> need him more than me. Punch in the this thing up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the film. But before we go through and rate and rate it, I, I feel like we should maybe take advantage of the fact that we have Zach as the guest. Um, do you mind fielding a few questions about what's going on with you and Auntie Donna at the moment? We, we, I'm spraying oh, sure. this yeah, on yeah. you now. Can, there's can... a fair bit I can't tell you. But, That's fine. Um, I, I mean, I'll in, make it fun in and this climate, in this economy, um, <laughs> what, are, what are you able to do and, and what are you guys looking at doing? A lot of this, a lot of this. Um, luckily, we filmed some stuff recently, which uh, we, we can't talk much about. So we filmed some stuff. Um, that we're working on and we're just sort of working on post, which luckily you can do on your laptop and on Zoom. Um, So we're working on that and that'll all be announced in time. We shot a bunch of sketches for Rove's television show last year. So we're currently just releasing that on YouTube. And can I say just quickly, I saw um, purely coincidentally, I'm really into board games at the moment, which is just a weird thing. <laughs> and, and, and maybe because I've been YouTubing board game reviews, uh, your, your sketch, uh, the, the, the board game sketch came up and I was like, oh yeah, that, that's me when I try and teach people how to play board games. Uh, yeah, it was embarrassing yeah, because I, it's, it, very it's, real. it's so lame, but God. I'm in a regular board games night two and it's just like my friend sent it to me it was like have you seen this and it was just like word for word stuff that's happened to us recently (laughs) one of those true to life sketches oh that's great haven't you guys also been getting into marble racing as well yeah very into marble racing (laughs) Uh, but there's also just a lot of this a lot of podcasts we're doing our podcast i have a podcast with my friend uh mish witchrup that i do 
which is um, recapping season one of MasterChef Australia um, as though it's from the 90s. <laughs> so we're in, no, we're in 2008 or whenever it came out. And just um, we are recapping it in, in real time. So it's filled with dramatic irony. We took a little bit of a break, but we're going to get back into it. And I can't wait to talk about how uh, there's never going to be a pandemic in our lifetime and things like that. <laughs> is, this, is this in real time in the sense that you're, you're uh, recording the podcast as you watch it? No, no. So we'll watch three episodes, and then and then um, and then we will recap them like okay. we watch them on the telly. And the whole idea is they're these found tapes of a podcast we made in two thousand and eight, and and like cool. so where we hate Julie <laughs> and we know Poe's gonna win, and um, just all great stuff. It's way too niche. <laughs> I needed to do something for me, you know. Oh, you have to. <laughs> Again, in, th- in this climate, in this economy. Exactly. Um, so. Y- What's the most niche thing you think you've listened to in terms of podcast? I listened to a Ben Russell podcast where he watched this show called The Bite oh, the Club. Bi- or yeah, something. The Bite Club was a phenomenal. That was a great podcast. We did a little cameo on it, and and it literally we were just sitting there for an hour while he recapped an episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. That was definitely that was definitely up there. Um, I've got to say, uh, recapping a, te- a season from ten years ago of a reality show. Um, as a personal choice was not one that was going to garner new fans. <laughs> um, and I love, I love, I'm a big uh, theme park freak. I could go on for hours. So there's a podcast called podcast, the Ri- uh, podcast, the ride, which I love, which is literally, they'll just talk for an hour and a half about a Disneyland ride each week. Wow. That is not for many people, but it <laughs> no. is for me. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> All right, well, at the end of the podcast, Zach, we normally like to just uh, give a quick rating and say if we agree if this is a truly Rotten Tomato or not. Um, Oh, wow. I'm going to say personally... Uh, Define define what what makes it rotten and and not, right? It's a threshold of four. Yeah, I think it's basically anything under a five and a half or a a six is, is considered rotten. Basically, if you think that it was a less than six out of ten film... Or then it's truly rotten, and I definitely agree that it is. Um, I actually enjoyed this one more than many of the ones we've watched so far, so I'm gonna give it like a good 3.9 out of 10. Not quite a four, but getting up there. I think I really threw you guys a lifeline with this choice. Yeah. <laughs> I think you went in the depths of some terrible shit. Yeah. <laughs> I could just feel it, even the way you guys were talking about this film, because I watched it, I'm like, this is a rat shit film. <laughs> and then I joined this podcast, I came onto this podcast, and you guys were like, you know, there was one shot that was good. There was one shot. <laughs> I'm like, hey, these guys are already broken. I, I can't wait to check in with them 20, 30 films from now. <laughs> Although that scene in Police Academy 4, where they were like jumping from one hot air balloon to another, that... That was pretty impressive. That right? was very impressive. It wasn't in slow-mo and there was no <laughs> rain or cigarettes or also falling yeah. off the building. But Chaos would have shot the shit out of that scene. <laughs> Give him a Police Academy that. movie already. Morgan, what do you say? Uh, yeah, look, no, I'll throw it a... I give it a three point two out of time. out of 10. I was confused most of the time watching this movie. <laughs> Um, if it weren't for the fact that Zach was our guest, I really would have just skipped this one after... <laughs> probably 10 minutes it, it was really really difficult to get through um the the big beat music when lucy lou was was fighting and committing her acts of terrorism very entertaining 
the reverse gun, as we've mentioned. Um, <laughs> a highlight of also, the film. Also a highlight. But yeah, no, I'm going to give it whatever I gave it, which is truly rotten. What do you got, Mitch? All right. All right. All right. Okay. okay. I... I'm ready. Hear me out on this one. Oh, good. I like this. Au contraire. I, I like gun Carter movies. I liked Equilibrium. I liked... I like any movie with a leather jacket. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. in the end it, it, it didn't make a lot of sense but i was laughing a lot i was impressed that there was an action scene like any time that i was like all right we're really in in the shit here i don't know what's happening you know when, when you have antonio banderas and lucy lou shooting people back to back i don't know i feel like that's a six out of ten so i'm giving it I'm giving it a passing grade. Wow. It's my dog. I, uh, 5. 5.8. 5.8. Okay. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm going to um I'm going I'm going to say this is not truly rotten. Oh. Uh this is the second film that I think is not truly rotten and See, I think it's on par with Staying Alive, which I think I gave a 6. Retrospectively, once once we changed the way that things were like modeled, um it went from a 5 to a 6. So I'm going to give this a I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to update Staying Alive and give that a 6.5, and I'm going to give this a 6.4. You can't do that. I just Come did. Come on now. I what literally just did. You guys need to... Can I just say, you guys need to... I'm telling you right now, boys, you need to mix it up and watch a couple of good films. <laughs> if 12 Years a Slave is a 10, this movie is not four <laughs> off of that. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, okay. you have lost you have lost the forest for the trees guys no it's a different it's a different scale <laughs> it's yeah this is more than halfway this is <laughs> this film you are saying this film is more than halfway no 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 what I'm saying is this film is more than half of hackers which is a 10. <laughs> It's my own personal scale yeah, Hackers, 12 years a slave Absolutely, Hackers is a 10 I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Zach What's your rating on a this one? A lot of pressure I feel like I want to say My big thing with, uh, with uh, Rotten Tomatoes the, the, most, the most often misunderstood Thing about uh, Rotten Tomatoes it is, it is an aggregate of good or bad, not uh, not an average of sc- the scores that are given. That's why often uh, films like uh, Marvel films have never been certified less than fresh. Marvel films often get like nine, like ninety percent and stuff. And we all know Marvel films are terrible, uh, as is John Favreau. Hey, oh, no, hey. oh I love Chef. <laughs> you watch yourself, Aiden. <laughs> Sorry, that that's an ongoing beef we have on the podcast. I hate John Favreau and, and I love films. John Favreau. Yeah, that's fair, but I love Chef. For an episode <laughs> that hasn't come out yet and won't for weeks. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, but I think that I think that in the same way that like Marvel can get a ninety percent by being all three stars, it's a whole bunch of three stars or get it a really good fresh score. This film, I don't think this film deserves a zero. But I, I don't see how any one of the 120 people reviewing it could give it a good score. <laughs> so I, I feel like it's, it is unfairly given a zero based on the limitations of the fresh system. That being said, it's not a six. <laughs> <laughs> this is a film... 
This is a film where if the action was good, I would forgive how terrible the plot is. But the action is not good. It is a bad action. <laughs> it, is, it is badly shot. It is badly choreographed. There's not a single wire used. <laughs> it, genu- it genuinely feels like, I said it before, there is a sequence on a rooftop where X is fighting Seva, where I swear to God, Lucy Liu and Antonio Banderas got together the Sunday before the Monday that they shot it. And they worked out the choreography themselves. And then because of that, Chaos had not done a shot list. He just shot it on two. He got it, he got it once in a wide and once in a mid and then just cut between the two. Um, the movie is, 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 I would say, a two and a half, wow. two out of ten. Different strokes for different folks. What can we say? I mean, we invite <laughs> someone onto our podcast and they come and disrespect a great film like this. It, it's fine. I mean, look. <laughs> I, I, I love equilibrium. I love a blue. Gr- I love. I love. I think that you know. I think that it was a great time in film where they scanned everything onto an iMac and made it blue. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what they did with that this one good. is they just got one of those old um, iMacs. You know, the bubble ones, the coloured ones, <laughs> and they just projected it through the blue plastic. <laughs> And then refilmed it onto film through the plastic of the back of that iMac. Absolutely. Now, I, I, I don't want to be that guy because I don't believe this, but you know how people say like a film needs to say something, it needs a theme that people can take something away from, something that they can think about. Even most of the films we've had have had some, we've watched, have had some sort of like thematic thing that you can take away from. Did this have any statement to make? Did this have anything to think about? Absolutely. You can smoke cigarettes in the rain. You can smoke cigarettes while you're fighting, but don't smoke cigarettes in front of little kids if they're shaking their head at you. It's so true. That's a lesson. I think that's something that's we can all message. relate to. I think, you know, uh, I, I, you know, as a guest here, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to come here. And I think I le- leave this film a better man knowing once again that there are no innocent people <laughs> Only killers <laughs> and victims. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> All right. Awesome. That's that's enough. Uh, tune in next time. Thanks to Zach. Yes, thank you, thank you very much for joining thank us, dude. Thank you so much, man. Very so much appreciate it. Thanks for having me, boys. Hey, hey, you've listened to you've listened to Truly Run Namadas. See you, Salsa.